Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bible Boys. My name is James. And I'm Pip. It's great to have you here. What you been doing this week? This week, there has been, there's been a bit more activity. A bit more. Okay. I've gotten out. I went for a run yesterday, um, which was great. Okay. Now, I know that you, you're not just supposed to go for one run. You're supposed to, you know, multiple runs is what makes a healthy person. Okay. I've been for one run. In like the past month, okay, to my shame, I should be exercising more. But I have found that it only it only takes one run before you can uh, lecture others about the benefits of exercise. So I got home and um, you know Sophie was saying, um, you know, I was like, oh hey, going, and she's like, oh I don't know, I'm feeling a bit flat today, and I was like, here we go, jumped into lecturing time, and I was like, you know, so the the benefits of exercise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Plethora. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, not only is it good for your body, but it's also good for your soul and your mind. I find that right <laughs> that a that a light jog clears not just your cardiovascular system and introduces new blood cells into the bloodstream, but it also clears your mind and gives you a new perspective on things. And by that time she had like walked out of the room and it was no, no longer listening, which is fair enough. Um, <sighs> but no, it was good. Um, I also watched a movie. Yes. Um, I uh, I watched on Friday night. I sat up late and I watched this movie, First Man, with Ryan Gosling. Have you watched this movie? I have not. I have not. I, I am interested in it though. So keen to hear what you thought of it. It's it's just been released on Netflix and it's great. I love I love Moon movies. The idea of just going to the moon blows my mind. Like, when I wake up in the morning and I've got to, uh, you know, I don't know, I've got an assignment due or, you know, something's big on that day, I have this nervous feeling when I wake up. Just imagine waking up and you're like, today I'm going to go to the moon and I'm probably going to, I'm going to be the first person on the moon. Like, what would you be feeling? Um, I'd be feeling amazed. You'd be pretty crazy. But you know, you know what I was also thinking. You know what you're thinking? What, would, what wouldn't be crazy? What wouldn't so, be crazy? There were th- there were three people that went to the moon, right? Neil Armstrong. Well, who was the second guy? Buzz Aldrin. Mm-hmm. And can you name the third guy? Uh, no. No, no. I don't think anyone can name the third guy because he was the guy that had to stay in the. Wait, something had field, right? No. No. Yeah, no, something like that. I think so. No, 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 that's, that's another astronaut. But, yeah, this... Uh, something Collins, maybe? Sam Neill. No, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah Michael Collins. Imagine, Michael Collins. Michael Collins. Just imagine being that third guy and, like, you get back to Earth and everyone's like, how was it? How was the moon? And you're like, yeah, no, it was good. And they're like, what, what did it feel like? It's like, well, no, I, like, I actually... I was the one manning the spaceship and they're like oh oh okay well uh have you seen Neil around (laughs) anyway that's a couple things that I've been up to um what about you what have you been up to in the past week I've been chasing flies Pip oh yeah Viv and I have noticed that there are a few flies that are entering our apartment 
which is strange because we're not opening the windows, really. I mean, mm. we should be probably, but we, we're worried that flies would come in. Um, we've been waiting to get some fly screens um, installed, but there are all these flies in here. And now when I say all these, I don't mean, you know, tens of thousands or something. I, I mean, you know, like seven. Okay. So it's not like a plague of flies. Not yet, at least. But it's on the uh, way. Last night over dinner, Viv went into hunter mode and she successfully whipped her hand and caught two in her hands. In one go. And I'm like, well, sorry, no, in, in two individual. Oh, yeah. okay. And I was Just like, you're a, you're a ninja. You're a ninja, Viv. Mm. Have you Super ever ninja. caught a fly with one hand, Pip? Um, I haven't because I am probably the opposite of a ninja. Like I, I, I announce what I'm going to do before I do it. And then I do it slowly <laughs> and the fly and the fly gets away. Um, no, that's great. There you go. So hey, I guess Viv, Viv and I are looking for the, we, we don't know where the flies. The source. Yeah. We don't know where they come from. So we're, we're looking. set up a little, um, fly cam. Put one on your door. See if it's coming un- under. Maybe they're coming under the door, front door. Yes. You know what? That's actually very possible. You are a Sherlock detective, Mister Witheridge. Well, I use deduction, right? If they can't be getting through the windows because they're closed, what's the only other place that they're getting through? The door. That is a sound deduction. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. Pip, technically. Technically, in philosophy or logic, logical reasoning, we'd call that abduction. Oh, okay. So you've got, uh, and it, you know, it's like, oh, you know, Sherlock Holmes with the skills of deduction. That's actually not true because you've got deduction, which is when you have propositions and you, you know, try to work out what their logical conclusion is. You've got induction where you Mm. have particular instances and then you generalize it. And then you've got abduction, which is known as inference to the best explanation where you have a whole bunch of facts and you try to work out what's the best explanation. I've been getting reduction and abduction mixed up because the other night I I said to Soph, you know, I've made a nice chicken dish with a red wine abduction. And she said, don't you mean a red wine reduction? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And I was like, oh. Very good. So I've been getting them mixed up. Very good, very good. Oh, that, that sounds delicious, by the way. Sounds delicious. How was it? Nah, I just made up that story for the sake of Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for the Bible Boys. Yeah, thank you for hanging in there. Light when it comes to us, but serious about the things of God. So we're now going to move on to our second segment, which is what you've been reading this week. And uh, Pip, you, would you like you to kick us off? Or would you like me to begin? You go for it, James. What have you been reading this week? Well, I've been uh, continuing on in Ezekiel, and um, I'm actually trying to work out what my next New Testament book is going to be, because I finished 1 Corinthians recently. And uh, you and I, and and another person, we've been taking a bit of time in 1 Corinthians 15, because we're gearing up for a three-week sermon series on that. But today, I wanted to share uh, one of my favorite sections of the New Testament, and it's a very short section, and it's in the book of 2 John. And so, in the book of 2 John, uh, or 2 John, for our American listeners, um, uh, towards the very end, um, you know, it's, it's not a very long letter. 
and he's been writing in this letter about um, uh, avoiding false teaching, um, and be beware of the deceivers. Um, and then at the very end, in verse 12, um, he writes, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. I really, really love this section. Uh, and in, in its context, you know, John's saying that there is a lot that he could say about these matters, about uh, uh, being careful of these false teachers and um, uh, how to relate with them. And also, you know, what it means for them to be a loving community. Um, and what he's saying is that I, I would prefer to visit you. I would prefer to be there. I prefer to talk face to face. And I think that th there's something there that's communicated about the Christian life, which is that we are embodied um, disciples of Jesus. We are those who long for presence, uh, the physical presence of one another. Um, thinking about Jesus who, who, you know, God uh, made flesh, who came to be with us, uh, came to us. Uh, yeah, I think just as a principle about what we long for in the Christian life, we long to be able to see each other face to face and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. There's a sense in which our joy is not complete uh, while we are apart from each other. Um, mm. Yeah. yeah. What, do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, pick? I was just thinking like, I mean, obviously we're doing a lot of stuff over Zoom at the moment with church. And I think like while I really enjoyed the ease of Zoom and just the ability to click and log on and, you know, you can have, you can be in a meeting in your pajamas, you know, wearing, wearing track pants and it's, it's a-okay. Like there are lots of positives with Zoom, but, um, you know, just over the weekend, having seen a couple of friends and having seen a couple, you know, family, it's, uh, there is something about seeing people face to face which is just different and more more encouraging and more uh yeah just more enjoyable i think it's just like you know you wouldn't really i guess you wouldn't really hang out over zoom like when you go into a zoom it's for a purpose generally whereas like when you're hanging out there's no like agenda there's no like you're just kind of hanging out um and i think that's something that you that I've been missing is just hanging out with people and just like, you know, the incidental comment here and there and, you know, just hanging out. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, like in John, John's, uh, you know, letters, uh, the, the, a massive theme is love, right? Um, what is true love? What is genuine love? And I guess, yeah, like it's hard to, it's hard to express like hospitality over Zoom. It's hard to express, you know, those, but when you have someone over to your house, it's, it's like easier to kind of express your love for them and say, Hey, you know, be generous to them and things like that. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, the right thing to be thinking about at the moment. I think is, is how can we, how can we make the most of the ease restrictions to love others while at the same time, you know, maintaining the safety mm. um, element as well. I also think that it's a good principle when it comes to social media interactions uh, I, you know, you post something, someone has an angry comment, you could 
turn that into a 80, 90, 100 <laughs> post thread to going back mm. and forth. I mean, I think it really shocks me when I see how like long certain threads can go on Facebook. Um, mm. And, you know, I myself have participated in them before. Um, I think a general principle of, you know, we could, we could write, but why, why don't we meet? Why don't we chat face to face? I think that that is much more healthy than going at it in a text format back and forth. Yeah. Um, at least pre COVID-19. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. Even though that's not actually what two John's about, but I think that as a principle, that face-to-face talking is better than writing. Um, I think you can apply that in your social media landscape. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. What about you, Pip? I've been continuing to read Genesis uh, with my friend, and we have come across uh, the, the story, The Tower of um, Babel, or The Tower of Babel, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Now, I don't know, like, I, I heard once that the word, the English word babble comes from, this, like, this story, like, its etymology kind of traces back to this story. I don't know about that. Mm, I've it's heard that as well, actually. I, I don't know if that's true. It, it kind of makes sense because this story is about, like, languages being mixed up. But, um, no, it was interesting. So, reading the, the Tower of Babel story, um, all right, let me just, like, quickly skim it, right? So, it's like the whole world had one language and a common speech. Um, as people moved eastward, they found a plain, they settled there, they said to each other, uh, let's make bricks, let's bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But... The Lord came down to see the city and the tower and the the people were building it. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the the punishment or the curse of of these, uh, the people's pride in trying to reach into the heavens on their own strength is that God confuses their language, um, and and so they so they can't kind of cooperate and they're scattered, scattered around the place. Um, as we we're reading this, it made me it actually made me think of, um, you know, is there a place in the New Testament where we see this kind of curse, um, if it is a curse, or this you know. Is there a place in the New Testament where we see this story reversed or, or helped somewhat by the, by the gospel? And so we looked at Acts 2. So we went to Acts 2, um, Pentecost, right? Which, um, I'll just read the first few verses, right? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. So... Here in the New Testament, we have a situation where people of different languages 
you know, God enables them to speak one intelligible language or, or, or a language, you know, that other people can understand and kind of unites them somewhat in that. I'm just want, like, uh, you know, if you were preaching on um, the story of the Tower of Babel, would it, would it be appropriate to go to Acts 2 and, and to talk and to say, kind of say, well, look here, here we see, uh, you know, it being undone, um, you know, people being able to speak their same language because now there is good news to share, which actually gets people to heaven, not by their own works, not by their own will, but a message that actually connects people with God, uh, which is the gospel, which Peter goes on to preach in the rest of Acts chapter two. Um, I thought like just kind of, this was just on the whim, kind of like, you know, off the cuff talking to my friend. I'm like, we'll have a look at this passage in Acts 2, see if it correlates. Um, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if it's legitimate to do, to do that. Um, or if it's just, I don't know, if the connection's too loose, like what, what would you say to that? I think your intuition is right. There's, there's an undoing of the confusion. Yeah. There's an intelligibility to them declaring the the wonders of God in the languages of the people. I mean, that's what Acts 2.11 says, that we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Whereas in Genesis 11, they're one language and they're, you know, they had that one language, but they were using their intelligibility to try to make their way up to heaven. Here in Acts Mm -hmm. 2, there's intelligibility, but their their words are being used to, to, to praise God. Um, mm. It is a reversal of sorts. I don't know if it's a um, if it was one language that you know everyone could understand. Um, it seems that each of them are hearing their own languages, because mm. verse mm. eleven says we hear them in our own tongues. Um, but there's definitely some sort of reversal, and I think if I remember correctly, that the, I, I remember a few years ago I was reading a book by a guy named Sinclair Ferguson and he does a similar move here in talking about how this section is a reversal of the Tower of Babel or Babel. Right. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think your intuition is spot on. Okay. Cool. Cool. But yeah, I mean just seeing that connection I like just for the first time the other day, um was uh was cool. Cool to see these things in the Old Testament get kind of connected somewhat or answered somewhat in the new testament mm. so yeah that was good that was nice good. no that, that's really encouraging and, and helpful and i think yeah thinking about how what we see in the old testament as fulfilled um uh culminated uh, answered um in the new testament um yeah in the old in the new uh, it, i think that's that's careful christian bible reading <laughs> mm, yep Nice. nice. Well, well, shall we move on to our next segment, which is Q&A with P and J. Do we have any more questions in the email inbox? We do not this week, my friend. Hey, I do, I do have a correction, uh, by the way. Um, mm. I have a correction. For, so a few weeks ago, I was saying how my father-in-law, so Viv's dad, said that if you eat chicken, you'll, you'll run faster. Um, mm. I have a correction, Pip. It's okay. not that if you eat chicken, you will run faster. It's if you eat chicken feet. Oh, you will run okay. Faster. Because so Viv chicken asked if I could please yeah. set the set set the record straight, and now it's been set straight. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you've done that, and I'm sure our listeners are also glad that you've corrected that one. <laughs> I need to be a man of integrity. <laughs> yes, no, no, yes, for sure. Chicken feet, chicken feet. Chicken feet. Have you ever had chicken feet before, Pip? Um, I have not. I've had chicken shapes. The biscuit. Um, what about you? Have you had chicken feet? I have, and I have to say that uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. Yeah, no. I'm not a fan. I, I can't imagine them being very tasty. But if listeners think that they're tasty, please um, enjoy and let us know at thebibleboys with a Z at gmail.com. What's that email again, Pip? That is thebibleboys with a Z instead of an S. That wasn't clear enough. <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's go to our fourth segment now. Uh, what you've been thinking about this week? Yes, well, as you know, I went for a run the other day and I became uh, an instant uh, fitness guru overnight. Not even overnight, within the same day. Um, but I was, what I realized was um, a lot of my friends have this app called Strava where they measure their runs and they like post it on Facebook just to kind of gloat that they've gone on this run. Um, but you have to kind of, you either have to have one of those arm straps where you can put your phone in or you've got to just hold your phone when you run. Now, I don't want to be slowed down by holding a phone. You know, I need my arms, I need my hands free when I run. So I was, I was thinking, if only I had a Fitbit, that would help, you know? But then I thought, oh my goodness, isn't it an idea for an invention? What about a fat bit? Okay. So instead of celebrating success, it sarcastically... Um, I guess confronts you about your failures. So my idea is, okay, so you have a fat bit and instead of like cheer, you know how Fitbit's like cheer at 10,000 steps? No, because I don't have one, but yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, basically when you take 10,000 steps, a Fitbit like has a little cheer sound that comes out with a fat bit after your 10th step of the day, it has like a sarcastic little clap, like a slow clap. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Well done. More than yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like every every like bit of cake or everything you eat, it just like it just coughs. It goes like Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you sure you should be doing that? Yeah, that's right. So that's my invention idea. Um I think they would sell like hotcakes. Have you ever uh, seen hotcakes sell that quickly? No, I've never seen a hotcake sold. Have you ever seen sore thumbs sticking out? No, I have not. A lot of these, um, a lot of these idioms don't make a lot of sense. Have you ever seen anyway, a that's... kid in the candy store? <laughs> um, no, I've never seen like a. Oh, actually, I have seen a candy store before. There's one in Katoomba, but they they they're obviously dying out. Um, yes. Yeah, I've never seen anyone. Uh, you know, laughing all the way to the bank. You know. <laughs> and you know what, Pip? Generally... You know what, Pip? Maybe this should be a Bible Boys documentary. Well, let's act out all of these idioms. <laughs> yeah, la- yeah. Just imagine, just like from from Carlingford all the way to the Combank branch in Carlingford Court, and you have to laugh all the way there. Man, what an effort! <laughs> That'd be great. Very good segment. Um. 
What, what about you, James? What have you been thinking about? Well, um, let me say two things. The first one will be really quick. I've been thinking a bit about gluttony this week, and I'm thinking I'll record a Bible Boys extra this week on Bible uh, on gluttony. No promises, because uh, you know the week can take us in different places. But I might do a little something on gluttony. Um, nice. Have you thought about gluttony before, Pip? Um, a tiny bit. Like I think I've got a very uh, I don't know, uh, shallow understanding of what gluttony is. I just kind of assume it's, you know, if you gorge yourself with food and just like eat a ridiculous amount in one sitting, that could be defined as gluttony. But like, what what, what would you say gluttony is? Um, I, I think gluttony is food worship. So it's when a food becomes your God rather than God being our God. Um, and it can be in, you know, one way it's seen is you can you know, gorge yourself. Another way it can actually be being really snooty about what you don't eat because you, you set up a whole moral system on what you can and can't eat. And so certain people who are like, well, you know, I, I would never ever touch that because that's, it's this or this or that, like that can be a form of gluttony as well. Um, but yeah, it's primarily, I think in terms of like eating and, uh, dwelling on food and thinking about food and stuff. Actually, it's interesting because the reason why it came back to mind was because I was going through my iCloud notes and I found one that we, I don't know if you remember this, last year when we were at Reach Australia, listeners, a, a whole bunch of our team at church and apprentices, we we went to a conference last year and we had a share house and, uh, you know, we'd come back after the evening sessions and talk Pip, on one of those evenings, we were talking a bit about gluttony and I found I found the note on, on uh, my iCloud where I was typing out some of the things that we were reflecting on, uh, a whole bunch of mm. us. So it was actually um, our discussions that got me thinking about this. Yeah, cool. And I think it's, it's something that I haven't thought about heaps and, you know, I don't think a lot of people think about that particular sin a great deal. Um, which is kind of strange when you think about because we live in such an affluent society and we have you know easy access to lots of food um so yeah might be why yeah, but it's hip that might be why we don't think about it as much because it's the it's an acceptable sin perhaps yeah 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 um but um, the uh oh sorry no you, you had a thought you wanted to i was just gonna say so like you're saying like snobbery or snootiness i like that word snootiness or being snooty about it is is kind of you know could could be a manifestation of gluttony so like if someone's a like a coffee snob and says you know what i'm gonna pass i i don't want any of your nescafe blend 43 <laughs> blend 42 i don't even want any of your macona classic all right or even your macona dark all right i want uh cafe only coffee would would what would you say to that james <laughs> Uh, you need to know what's going on in someone's heart at that point. Is it a consumeristic um, tendency? Because consumerism is where you define yourself by your purchases. So is it because you're going, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't be seen dead, you know, drinking instant coffee. Mm. I, I'm a this sort of coffee. If if that's the case, maybe what's going on there is is consumerism, where you you your heart and your identity is more defined by your purchases than who you are in God. Um, maybe the snootiness aspect of gluttony comes in when you you judge others because of their taste in something or their taste in food you're like well you're, you're clearly mm. lesser than me 
because or you know i think there's it's really difficult to look at an action and say you know what the heart is behind it um there could yeah, be a lot yeah, of things gotcha. going on there but pip i want you to know as as my friends that uh, i think it's fine that you enjoy instant coffee i love a cup of instant it's uh yes i think i was telling you last week i want to do it that's right that was last week's episode well one of the things yeah. we talked about yeah. yeah yeah but just uh, uh another thing i've been thinking about is what's the etiquette when it comes to getting into an elevator now i know that this is hard right now because you know there's a bit of suspicion i feel like this because i've got two elevators and you know where viv and i are living this apartment block i feel like when people come in there's you know there's a whole new etiquette when it comes to like looking into the corner and like looking up and holding your breath <laughs> mm. have you encountered that at all have you been in an elevator recently I haven't been in many elevators, I'm not going to lie, but where I used to live in West Ride, we did have an elevator, and there was a lot of kind of, you know, um, unspoken angst when two people were in the elevator, because it's a very small space. And this is pre-pandemic, this is, you know, not even pandemic days, but I can't imagine what it'd be like, what it'd be like now. But what's, what, what are the kind of un- unofficial rules that, that you would put forth? Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I feel, I feel like... Um... Uh, so it's good for us to talk about. Uh, I feel like rule number one is uh, don't just stand at the doorway, right? Uh, whether whether people, you know, when you get to a floor and it opens up and people need to leave behind you, like, you know, you're blocking them. And if people want to come in, you're blocking them. So don't just stand straight at the, you know, at the doorway. There's one. Mm. Maybe don't look directly into people's eyes while you're standing there. <laughs> or just in general. <laughs> No, not just in elevators, but just in general, like, <laughs> on the street. You know that thing in movies where, um, I don't know, like, Viv pointed this out to me, and ever since I can't unsee it, is that in movies and TV shows, quite often people get into an elevator and they're just facing each other directly while they're talking. Mm, but who does that? Yes. Like, don't you face the door and you're looking up at the numbers and you're sort of like, that's, that's the normal stance uh, when you enter an elevator. I haven't noticed that, but um, I'll, I'll pay more attention next time I'm watching Willy Wonka. <laughs> and the Great Glass Elevator. That's, that's my favourite elevator scene of all time. Uh, um, any others, Pip? I guess, um, I guess a rule, an unofficial rule that I'd put forward is um, when you touch the button, when you click the button, don't linger. Some people push and they hold their finger there. Or maybe they push multiple times. In these, in this season, you just t- you tap and go. You, you tap and, and almost you, you rip your hand away from the button. That's that's, that's uh, it. Like like it's a yeah. it's a hot coal. You're just you know you touch it out of necessity, not because you actually want to keep your finger there. That's right. It's a one second rule. That's right. I feel you know what on that a, a no no is when your floor is already lit up and you make a big deal oh. of. Pressing it, repressing anyway. it. Yes, like there, some someone else's push of the button doesn't work. Only your, only yours is. Legitimate. Yeah, only your finger is legitimate, and um, their fingers are deficient. It's like when you're like at a um, at a light. I saw this the other day. Actually, someone had like a, a stick that was like purpose built to push the button um, at a walking yes. at a cross crossing. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, a classic like in the city when there's like a bunch of people there and you're standing there and you're like, I wonder if anyone's actually thought to push the button. Because <laughs> it's just like crowd mentality. Everyone assumes someone else is doing it. So like you go up and you press it and then everyone looks at you and it's like, really? Like, <laughs> you don't trust us. Yeah, what I love is, you know, at the crossing or in the elevator, the guy or the girl who presses it and makes a big deal of it. Like, have you ever seen a person like come towards it, move their finger around a bit? like a bit of a swirl before they do their mm. spell and then they press and they hold there for half a second and then they come out and then they sort of stand up and then look into the distance. That's normally me. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's normally me. I, I normally announce it as well as I press oh, it. Oh, very good. Floor number four. Level four. That's it. That's it. Well, anyway, that's what I've been thinking about and I'm glad that we've solved the real issues mm. of life, as we usually do. That's it. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. The Bible Boys. All about life. Mm. Well, that's it, friends, for another episode of The Bible Boys. Uh, please continue to join us uh, next week as we experience the might, the wonder, the magic, the fun, and the edification of The Bible Boys. See you later. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>